Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. All right, Ball vs. Life is in session. We got another special guest. Last week, we didn't have a guest, but this year, this week, sorry, this week, Feels that like COVID, it's been a year. The Rona, dude. The Rona's getting to me. Hey, JC, who's our guest, buddy? Yeah, so our guest for this week is my buddy, Mark. Mark. Uh, Mark is one of my old school friends here. It feels like I've known him for like freaking 20 years. An OG, already. bro. He's an OG. In line with a lot of our guests, Mark is yet another of these Renaissance men. I don't know, mm. man. We just kind of. You know, we all gravitate together. Mark is, um, first off, he is uh, a, a teacher here uh, in the upper, or in Northern California. I'll, I'll have him regale you with the details. At, he's an avid runner. Oh, yeah, um, dude. And he is uh, a NorCal guy through and through, even though he spent a little bit of time, um, at least uh, in SoCal for a little bit for here and there kind of kind of deal, at least uh uh, UCSB specifically, mm-hmm. but yeah, welcome, Mark. Oh, hi! It's good to be here. So I'm so excited to be out. Been wanting to do this for a while. Yeah, man. It's it's I, I, to give the the listeners kind of like a I don't know um, an insight. Mark kind of used to. We had this crew that we hung out with a little post college and a little end of college. And Mark was one of the OGs, man, one of the OGs of the group. And obviously, like Mark, you know, the designer of our logo, Tewu, he was also part of that group. So this is the ball versus life. We're bringing in all our OG, our OG friends to really talk about life, dude. Especially like you have a really good insight being a teacher and handling COVID and all this stuff. So I kind of want to get your like input on this. Also, as JC said, you're a Renaissance man. Any topic we give you, you kind of, you usually have some kind of insight to it. You have all this knowledge in your brain, dude. I guess. I mean, I like to BS, you know. It's great, you know. But yeah, it's it's always good to get get back together the uh, the the Friday after the Friday morning church's chicken crew. That's oh yeah, cool. church's chicken crew. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. there you go, there you go. I mean, you you will never see two people more committed to the craft of putting down like a bucket of chicken than JC and Jack. Uh, and and it's like it only takes like ten minutes, and there are like no words. <laughs> Zero words exchange. It's just all about eating that chicken. See, Mark, dude, Mark knows Mark, us. Dude. Mark, Mark knows us through and through. That pretty much just epitomizes the relationship that I have with Jack. We will roll out to church's chicken, get a bucket, and like what Mark said, man, just get on with business. Yeah, don't blink. <laughs> don't blink. It'll be gone. Hey, Mark, you just gave me a brilliant idea. You know, like we have a description for Ball versus Life, like what this podcast is about. We should have just put that description into it. Two dudes, church's chicken, 10 minutes, no no conversation. That's just our relationship. <laughs> it really is surprising that we're using the platform of podcast where we're actually talking because yeah. the roots of this pretty much, this dynamic is rooted upon just Food and uh, ball, dude. <laughs> un- understanding on the importance of fried chicken and <laughs> and the the lack of communication or yeah, the, man, ball the is need life. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe it's chicken is life and the way it's seen. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll tell you this, right? I I, w- I also wanted to mention all those times I ate the the fried chicken with you. Every time we hung out with Mark, Mark always ate on the healthier side, and the dude is at least from what I remember is shredded. So he always made me feel so guilty about my lifestyle choices, dude. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, 
No, Mark, dude, don't don't play coy, dad. I, you I'm were, not back in the day, I mean, you were shredded. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen I've seen like Jack's Jack's old ID from like high school, man. This is like I don't know if anybody else knows this, but like you know, Jack must. Have, I mean, how much weight did you lose when you decided uh, it was to like, like sixty pounds or something like that? Yeah, I mean, something you're talking ridiculous. about a guy that dropped sixty pounds of weight, man. To, I mean, and, and he's telling me that I'm healthy. But hey, whatever. Is this good? What were you eating then, Jack? Holy shit. Like, Tr- trust me, I wasn't on a marked diet. I was eating like dumplings, dude, which is... See, <laughs> I don't even understand this. I eat just as unhealthy as the rest of you. It's just that like with all the running and stuff, it's just I managed to just like... Burn more calories. Bur- bur- burn it off, you know. That's, That's all secret. it is. How come all the times I play ball, man, I don't have the, the shredded physique of Mark, man? What the hell? <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I mean, you got to think like JC, when he was balling... You know, two hours a day yeah. was was a buck eighty, and I don't know what your vertical was at, but you're you're talking about a guy who could slam dunk a volleyball, and uh, and you're at like what five five ten? I mean, you had some ups. Yeah, man. Now I could I could <laughs> slam dunk a donut in a freaking in a, a cup of milk, man. I am definitely not at one uh, one eighty anymore. But that's that was a flashback. Where, I, that, I saw that, a pic. <laughs> I saw a picture of you in college, JC, and I was like. Holy shit! That's what you look like when we met, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that just tells you how long I've known Mark, man. Oh yeah, He's, he known me like freaking eighty pounds ago. <laughs> uh, you, I mean, you literally had a, like eighty pound child since meeting Mark in the beginning. I mean, in, in all honesty, like most of like hanging out with JC was like eating, you know, eating like chili fries and like hitting up like <laughs> Denny's in the middle of the night and stuff. So yeah, a lot, lot of long nights, but uh, yeah. What about like healthier lifestyles? So you are are you still uh, keeping up with like uh, with running? Uh, I mean, right now with COVID, like I can't mm. play hoops, so it really has stunted my my physical activity. Have you been able to kind of really keep up your fitness regimen? Uh, yeah, I've been able to keep it up pretty well. Like a couple of year, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I moved to an mm. area that wasn't uh, nearly as dense, and so mm. with things being a little more spread out, especially in this age of COVID. Uh, you didn't have to worry about that as much. A uh, little bit more open space, uh, less like traffic on the roads, so that was a little bit easier. Oddly enough, like uh, two months ago, though, I was just doing my like COVID basketball and just like you know shooting hoops or whatever, and I like I went up to just make a layup and I just landed funny and I, I like tweaked my meniscus. Oh, and so like I can still run, but like I can't run nearly as much as I used to. So. You know, kind of like uh, former guest uh, Janook, I started getting into uh, riding my bike a lot more. Uh, just you know, get like you know cardiovascular activity and stuff like that. But um, I think I still stay pretty healthy, um, eating on the healthier side, just because like uh, my mom is a nutritionist, so like mm. most of the food that you know get makes it into the um, uh, the refrigerator and stuff it tends to be pretty healthy, you know. I found that if you're uh, Asian, one of the easiest things you can do to uh, improve your diet is just switching from, and it's really hard, uh, JC would definitely be one that would resist this, is switching from white <laughs> to brown rice. <laughs> and that's that's like a cardinal sin for most Asians, you know? And they're yeah. like, nah, like brown rice is dirty. I'm like, it's not dirt, it's just fiber. <laughs> but, um, you know, with brown rice, uh, you, you get a lot more fiber, a lot more uh, minerals and nutrients. And it just fills you up more. So that's like probably one of the easiest things you can do uh, for that sort of thing. As far as the fitness and stuff, uh, being a, teaching in a public high school, one of the nice things is that I had a lot of uh, easy access to like the uh, fitness and weight room. 
I just, mm. you know, got in good with the uh, with the custodial staff, and they would just like open the door for me, which is kind of nice. But uh, with COVID and stuff, I can't really do that as much uh, anymore. Um, so what I, the luckily for me is that I actually was able to buy um, like a lot of fitness equipment on Amazon, like before all this COVID stuff happened. And so I was able to get it, you know, like for pretty good deals. And I don't know if any of you have tried to buy like fitness stuff on Amazon now, but like you can't find any of it. And whatever you can find is like triple, you know, triple the price now. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, only lifting JC is doing his donuts and kids. So yeah, dude. And yeah. that's like a whole thing for like uh, for like moms. It's like doing, um, you know, doing doing like weight work, like lifting up your kids. And yeah. Stuff. And I'm, I'm like, one of your kids is pretty big, JC. So that's yeah, like, yeah. that's got to work. You know? That's where dad strength comes from, right, JC? Is that, is that yeah, where yeah, dad that's strength comes from? Just that's carrying totally your kid for years? Yeah. Not even just physically, but just like mentally and financially. Just like the dad strength is like sourced yeah, from there. Pretty, pretty, yeah, dad bods. Pretty much is just like big biceps just because you're carrying all the kids. But then a big beer belly just because. Well, you got to hold up your kid too on your belly, right? Like you got to have that like platform there. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm working on the on the guns a little bit with mm. with my with my younger son, man. He's a big boy, but I mean, like with Mark's Mark's insight. I'm not here, surprised with Mark having like his own gym now. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, almost. I got a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, I think probably one of the easiest things you can do if you can make it into like uh, like a Marshalls or like a Ross or something is just to buy like a cheap kettlebell there. That, mm-hmm. That's like one of the best bang for your bucks. I have and, a like, kettlebell. And That's you can, uh, and you can find all kinds of workouts now on like YouTube and like you know like uh, all these streaming services now. So it's, it's pretty easy to do. Definitely, um, that's a good point. Like one of the things about COVID is like since people can't go to the gym anymore, like the whole YouTube fitness and searching up videos and doing stuff at home has been like next level for a lot of people. It's like, man, do I really actually need to go to the gym? Because at the end of the day, yeah, I think if you're like looking to build a bunch of muscle, yeah, probably you probably do need a bench press or these other machines. But in terms of just general fitness, you don't really honestly need to go to the gym, dude. Like, you can just do that stuff at home. You just, it's just more like consistency, right? Like, you got to do it. You got to well, set your mind to it. It's kind of like if, if you ever see, like, Rocky IV, mm-hmm. it's like you could train like 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 the Russian guy, like Draco. <laughs> or you could be like Rocky and you could just kind of like ghetto train it, you know. And it works pretty well. Just run up steps and... Chase chickens and shit. Like I don't know. Yeah, man. You just find a high bar somewhere and start doing some pull-ups or something, you know. So it works out. Yeah, it can work out pretty well. How you been holding up um, during COVID? I mean, it's been what five, six months since this all popped off, and we'll talk about you know being a teacher during COVID. But just in general, how you been holding up? You and the family and stuff. Yeah, like uh, like I kind of hinted at before. Like I still live, you know, with with my mom. You know, we bought a house together nice congratulations thank you it's been pretty nice um but you know she's up there in years so she's definitely part of uh you know very vulnerable population Mm -hmm. and so that's constantly like you know something that's on my mind is that when i go out or more so in the beginning now so you know now it's like she just goes and you know buys groceries whatever but for like a good solid two months like i was like anything we needed from the store it was like i had to go out and get it because we just didn't want to you know expose her to that risk or anything but otherwise, you know, things have been, you know, pretty good. Uh, I think the the life of like a public school teacher is very busy. You put in some big hours depending on, you know, what subjects you teach or what, what grade level you teach. Uh, but, you know, the average like public school teacher for the most part is putting in mini- minimum like 55, 60 hours a week. 
man, it's tough, uh, man. and you're on, and you're only paid for like about forty of those, you know, thirty or forty at max, and you know, and there are some that you know put in more. Like my master teacher, when I was going uh, through training, easily put in seventy five, eighty a week, and she man. had three kids. I don't know how the hell she did it, um, wow. but you know, these are people that are committed to the craft, and uh, you know, that really care about the the kids that they work with. So it's been nice in that um, the workload got shifted mm-hmm. with, with, you know, putting more of the onus on, on students to get a lot of the work done. And a lot of it was, was done with really like no training on how to go from like an in-classroom experience yeah. to, to remote learning. And, and people are still scrambling to figure it out. So um, I was in some training today doing a te- you know uh, watching a webinar through like uh, through like the Stanford School of Education and there were like 3000 people from all over the world logged into this webinar yeah. and it's like laggy and you can't hear the audio or anything cuz people are trying to figure it out um still mm-hmm. and i think you know this is i think where if you have like a teaching staff that's got a lot of uh older more veteran teachers they're not really as privy to the um you know, to the tech skills and how to make that transition. So this is where if actually having like a younger, uh, less experienced teacher might actually help because they, they already know how to do a lot of the technical things. Um, so I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm kind of a tweener in that way, but it's been pretty good. Um, less grading mm-hmm. um, in, and just like less time in the classroom. And so the only tricky part now is that like you're, and I think a lot of people have to go through this is that your home is now also your like workspace. Yeah. And so it's hard to compartmentalize uh, in that way. And, and it's getting better. But that was, I think, probably one of the more difficult things at first was just getting used to like having your home is also being your workplace. I, I definitely have some insight in this topic, too, since, you know, Mark, you know, my mom's a teacher and she's obviously mm-hmm. on the older side. She's yeah. she's actually getting close to the, the higher risk age group. Um, and she's probably going to retire soon. But with this mm-hmm. COVID hitting, it's been a difficult adjustment since technology. It's not that she can't she's not savvy, but she hasn't trained. She, she's been so used to teaching in a certain way to go to remote teaching or remote learning and all that stuff for for her. Mm-hmm it's been really difficult because you have to, it's not even like because it's, it, you couldn't learn ahead of time it's like you couldn't prep for it because again covid hit us all kind of surprisingly um and all of us had to make adjustments i mean jc as a parent you had to make a huge adjustment dude it was tough in the beginning and that goes for teachers man like especially the older teachers to go to that to to teaching online man it's it's been it's been difficult but sh- you know everyone adjusts and you 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 just get better and better through time and I mean, I don't know what your foresight is in terms of seeing what how next year is going to play out. That's kind of why we want to bring you on, too. It's like, what do you expect, dude, in the upcoming year since it's coming up soon, dude? End of August, early September is usually the school year when it starts, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, it, don't remind me of that. Like, I'm realizing, <laughs> I'm realizing I got less than a month left of, uh, of, of some somewhat downtime, you know. But, I mean, even then, like, I think one of the popular misconceptions is that, like, teachers have, like, summers off. Mm-hmm. And like I, I'm going on my fourth consecutive week of of uh, online virtual workshops, just trying to figure out how we can, uh, you know, adapt to to distance learning or just trying to find some alternative ways of, of uh, you know engaging students better and just getting better outcomes from the end. But as far as like next year is concerned, uh, it seems as though 
there's been a lot of domino effect in the state of California mm-hmm. where most of the uh, districts are starting to realize that there's no way that you can possibly go back safely. And there's all these like fun memes that like my teacher friends post on Facebook about like, um, you know, like how, how are you going to be able to keep a face mask on a kid? You know, like if yeah. you can't keep, I mean, I teach science and it's like, if you can't even get a kid to wear their safety goggles for 30 minutes, how do you expect them to keep a face mask on for like six, six hours, you know? Nope. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> or like if you're an elementary school teacher, like, you know, that some kid's going to use their face mask as like a, a blindfold. Or a bunch of other like goofy things, you know, and like that kid that picks his nose, he's gonna like pull his mask off to go pick his nose, you know, yeah. all kinds of stuff like that. And so, I think there are so many uh, logistical concerns that we're just not in a position, you know, to do so safely. So I'm really glad to see that so many of the different districts and municipalities have decided that, you know, at least for the fall term or fall semester, that it would be wise to just keep it distant and that sucks like yeah. every teacher wants to go back yeah man it wants to go back and and really enjoys and values that time with with the kids and i think more and more with how much you can learn via the internet and things like youtube it's that it's the interpersonal connection those like soft skills mm. and that's really where the i think the benefit of formal schooling uh, is right now because so much of the like facts and stuff you can just pull from online or you can get a tutorial on how to do certain skills on youtube but like how are you going to be able to be an effective member of a team you know Mm -hmm. those are things that you still are going to be able to do online but in terms of the interpersonal skills i mean uh that's really i think where uh we as teachers and your mom included i think uh, that's where most of the value is is yeah is in sheltering that and i think a good example of that like how I think my mom didn't really think about that stuff before because you're just so used to like, oh, the school year, you're going to see your students throughout the Mm -hmm. year and then, you know, you're going to help them the best they can and then get to know them on a personal level and see their growth. But with this hitting and then like doing the remote teaching and stuff like that, I think at the end of the school year, they did kind of a drive by like dropping off the books and like graduation. Yeah, graduation almost. Yeah. And like, it's just, she told me like seeing the happiness on these child's faces, these students, sorry. And like, they were just so happy to see their teachers and the teachers, so ha- she was so happy to see her students and it, it was just like, wow, she really missed that. Like it really put an emphasis on, oh my gosh, this interpersonal connection, just not having it on that level, seeing someone in person and that, I don't know, just that physical distance, being able to like see someone's body language. It, yeah, it, it, it's just totally different. Man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's truly a job um, about relationships mm-hmm. and, you know, watching or, or kind of working the like drive-through graduation this year mm-hmm. you know it's the best we could do uh, it's certainly it was better than you know the prospect of just having a completely virtual uh commencement ceremony which i think they're still going to do but it was just i i really me personally i needed to have that experience of like closure with some of these yeah young people that like i've known for like four or five or six years in some cases and it's like trippy because when I was working as a substitute, I was like subbing these kids that were in like fourth grade and now they're, you know, now they've graduated high school. And it's like, mm. damn, I knew that kid when, when they were like nine mm. and now they're like going off to college or ready to join the workforce or something. So it's a trip, you know, yeah. and I really value it. I think that, uh, you know, I have the fortune of being able to like, teach and work in the community that I grew up with. 
and like I, I wish that, that was you know the case for more and more um, teachers out there, particularly in an expensive area like the Bay Area. Um, it's hard. It's it's just really interesting to hear you guys talk about the the perspectives of the teacher. Um, mm-hmm. Just because lost amongst all of like the coverage, it seems like it's all student centric, which makes sense. Just because that's what the it should teaching be. group, yeah, is supporting, right? Mm-hmm. But like, we often forget like that. You know, the the teachers are humans as well, and there there are challenges that they have to go through, and they themselves are putting themselves, you yourselves are putting yourselves at risk by you know if if things open up again. So it's really interesting to really hear about this perspective because I'm in the kid mode, right? Yeah. I'm in mm-hmm. that 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 perspective, and I'm just like, man, that kind of sucks. I mean, to uh, play devil's ad- advocate with the schools not opening up i mean it seems and again that's i think every district is different they can make their own choice i heard for example here la unified school district decided not to do in person to start the school in person teaching but i think in orange county which i think there's been a lot of talk about like orange county not taking coronavirus as seriously like they are going to open the school year having in person teaching at least right now i mean with public outcry who knows what things will how things will change in the next coming weeks but like to play devil's advocate not i mean it's a public health issue but with kids not being able to put like being carrier of the virus potentially even though studies have shown for children it hasn't affected them as much as a certain target group right like 60 and above or even a lot of people who are 30 40 50 who have contracted the virus have had problems dealing with it but to get back to it it's for the parents that are working jc for example right like your kids are younger but when your kids become older not having a structure right necessarily going to a school and socializing with other kids and having almost a daycare in a way right where you can concentrate on your work that's a difficulty with a lot of parents wanting school to be in place if the the public health issue can be solved to a certain degree right and that's the thing that we're talking about it's like what's the balance you know like how long is this virus going to stick around the economy is is also on the parents being able to go to work comfortably dude you know like that yeah and that's like one of the the big talking points is that like educators job is not to fix the economy yeah your job is to basically first and foremost keep kids safe Mm -hmm. and secondly you know enrich them and have them develop those skills but you know this whole narrative of uh, everybody needing to be able to get back to work like that that's not really our problem Mm -hmm. at this point you know and like first and foremost like you know the safety of your kids has to come first and mm-hmm. you know particularly in a lot of these expensive areas of California you have these uh, multi-generational households mm-hmm. where you're not just looking at like uh, a student and their parents but you know you got a lot of people with the grandparents in the house yeah or like uncles or aunts and like some of those people might be vulnerable or immunocompromised and so uh, you know I think and JC, you know, with young children, you can you can testify to this. Like kids are just incubators. Mm-hmm. They're just, yeah, they're just they, they just fold the germs, right? Yeah, dude. Pre-COVID. And, <laughs> I was, and a there's a lot of <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of physiology that that explains like why children are less likely to harbor or less likely to spread. But it doesn't just because it's less doesn't mean it's zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a key thing to understand is that with the numbers that you're dealing with uh any spread of it 
is going to create huge problems. And so a lot of the protocols in place are, well, if a, if a teacher gets diagnosed, then they have to go quarantine for two weeks. And then if they are quarantined for two weeks, then any students they're exposed to, do they have to go to distance learning for two weeks? Yet alone the fact that, like, you cannot find substitute teachers mm-hmm. around. It's just super hard. And then what's it going to be like when an already, like, tight market for substitutes gets even tighter? Yeah. Like, there's going to be no adult to supervise the classroom. And, like, that's something that hasn't really been talked about like it's hard enough to find substitute teachers as it is Mm. and you know it's going to be really hard uh coming up and that's something that hasn't really been talked about um you know that so many of the time like myself i will work while i'm sick just because i know that like kids get more when i'm there even if i'm sick than if there's a sub Mm. you know and that's what i think people have been able to rely on now, the system has been able to rely on for such a long time, but, you know, not anymore. Now yeah. it's like even you have a remotely any kind of cold or sickness and you're just you're going to be out. So how are they going to staff all these things? Like these are key logistical problems that they haven't really I know, mean, addressed with, yet. With with that being said, in terms of budgeting and, you know, education and, you know, budgeting for education has always been a hot topic in the U.S. Like we have never truly invested in our education that we as we as we want to, especially as educator as yourself, right? You probably have seen that more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Like with this upcoming year, are you seeing a lot of problems with that? Well, as it is, like budgets are going to have to get cut because yeah. uh, funding is based on enrollment mm. largely. And so a lot of the money just isn't quite there. And yet at the same time, you're going to need to have to invest a lot more in terms of like masks for kids and disinfectant because you're going to have to be disinfecting all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you have to get to issues of, of like equity where like, what if a family can't afford to buy that many disposable masks? You know, like you can't expect to put that kind of financial burden on some of these families that are legitimately, you know, struggling to survive. Yeah. And so how they do that kind of like uh, financial Tetrising, I'm not sure, mm. but it's, it's going to be really tricky. Well, how does it work for the students? Let's say with distance learning, Mm -hmm. in terms of technology, like do all students have computers? Do they have the resources to be able to participate fully in that? Yeah. So what a lot of what a lot of districts have done is that they will try and make sure they can get like Chromebooks Mm. to kit to every kid. But like, I don't know if you've ever tried to use a Chromebook. It's super but basic, the, dude. Yeah, it's super basic. Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, I mean, it's not bad. For no, the no, it's, it's money it's okay. invest, yeah. but there's a lot of technical limitations on it mm-hmm. and things that you can't do. So, for example, like on a Chromebook, you can't change your background for Zoom. So, like, let's say if you're, you're a student, you don't want people to see what the inside of your classroom looks like. Oh, I didn't even like, think of that. Wow. Yeah, and that's like the the other issue is that you know, now it's like you have a window inside into like a kid's like classroom. You're not classroom into their like personal space right yeah and so there's a lot of uh laws and stuff regarding that so like you might not be able to record your zoom call Mm. or um you know like you can only like you can't do breakout rooms Mm. unless there's like a teacher present in the digital breakout room too so uh the rules vary depending on locality but there's a lot of limitations there and that's just the computer then you got to think about the wi-fi access where like let's say if you're in a family and you got like four kids who are all school-aged 
now you got four people all trying to use the same broadband, killing the uh, you know bandwidth bandwidth and stuff. And then it gets really tricky. And then like if everyone's having to like talk into a microphone, then you got to find like quiet space. So yeah, dude, it's real. It's it's a huge mess. It's really tricky. And so like you can't expect kids or hold them to the same kinds of like deadlines and structured assignments like you used to. It's just not fair. And another thing that I realized with my mom being a teacher is like during this time, you can hold kids more accountable when you see them in person. But yes. when they're not in person, dude, there's a bunch of kids that just ghost you, dude. I mean, like, oh, for real. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I, I had maybe about 30% ghost rate in my like non advanced classes, and mm-hmm. that's actually pretty good. Then mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. some where the you, and it's particularly like the students that need the help the most, like the your English language learner students who just like have no way of navigating the system, and then they just fall off the wayside. So um how we get back to this next school year is going to require a lot of nuance i think Mm. and like if it was up to me personally if you're going to open the school to anybody you open it up to like those kids that um you know have like the disadvantaged backgrounds or that Mm -hmm. are that are you know they're they're very needy populations kids that have like special needs things like that Um, oh man not not even getting to the kids that are special needs man it's not having school and those resources to help those children develop because for ki- for parents it's really taxing not having a support mm-hmm. system education and just like that resource there it's really tough at the end of the day the the parents almost have to act as a second teacher because they have to be guiding these students outside of yeah like the online teaching and stuff like that that you're doing like you got to be there to hold your kid accountable like show them show up to class and show up to like these i guess scheduled things and doing homework like they're there to really have to it's like you have to have a second set of eyes i mean at the end of the day that's usually how it is anyways like parents need to be accountable on their end too but i, I can imagine I mean, it's much that's more a that's a full spectrum right yeah. there yeah. and you got like your angelic your angelic parents and then you got people mm-hmm. that are just mad at you for no reason oh dude man like tell me about it my mom i mean my mom's been teachers for years and i've heard all the stories dude all the stories it's difficult being a teacher man you guys do not get oh, yeah. paid enough they need to pump more into teachers salary being higher because it only ups the standard and people wanting to get into education i i just i mean i've been exacerbated exasperated just always thinking about it i mean how underpaid you guys are you look at all the countries that you know max out on the the worldwide standardized tests Mm -hmm. that can beat america and the majority of them are, are countries where you know you're drawing the equivalent of like six figures yeah. And where it requires a lot of extensive training, and just like the the prestige is like on level or on par with being like a a doctor or a lawyer, you know, like it's it's a valued profession for the society. Yeah. Um, and you know, I feel like you get a lot of love uh, being a teacher as it is right now, mm-hmm. and and it's very it's very much like feast or famine, you know, like when everything's going right, like it's kind of like. Uh, you know, it's kind of like being like the head coach. If things go wrong, it's all your fault. Yeah. And if, if everything like goes well, it's like where you're supposed to, mm. you know. So uh, that's kind of to, to make some of those sports analogies. That's kind of how it goes, you know. <laughs> hey, man, it is ball versus life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's just how no, it goes, you know. Noble, noble work. And mm. it's just, yeah, it, I'm glad that you were able to kind of share that perspective and, yeah. and, and tease that out of Jack, too, because not a lot of people know that, you know, 
is his his mom is a, a teacher so it's really really interesting stuff i'm such a big proponent like talking about education education really is at the end the baseline for a lot of the problems that as a country we need to solve dude honestly like with poverty and a lot of social injustice and things like that you need to educate you need to put money into education and developing programs to help the next generation like with with the tools you know what i mean like there's just so many things that you know we got backwards and i hope in time we can and there's a lot of stuff that's broken with it too yeah oh yeah for sure there's all kinds of stuff broken with it you know in this in this age of of you know black lives matter mm-hmm. um i mean there's so many structural inequities mm-hmm. and, and it's mm-hmm. like it is not funny mm-hmm. like it is just so much harder you know coming from some of these backgrounds and just uh, all three of us being asian there's mm-hmm. there's issues of like what do you do with affirmative action and we could wax poetic for hours on stuff like this yeah. so it's a it's my profession and i'm i could talk about it for days <laughs> days on end you know yeah, let's let's. I mean, let's transition to something else. I mean, we really wanted to pick up pick your brain on because you're a single man. I mean, as far as we know, <laughs> we thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about how dating has been in during COVID because we actually JC and I have kind of uh, talked about it in passing how it could be since we're like I mean we've been in long term relationships for a long time. I mean, this man is married with two kids. I mean, this guy is not going to be dating. I mean, the last time he dated was how long ago, JC? Freaking like Uh, about eighty pounds ago. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So we kind of want to like pick your brain, man. Like you know, COVID has changed the game for everything in life, dude. Like as an educator, but for dating, I imagine it has also. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, so I I went and like downloaded the uh, downloaded a dating app like mm. one week before we went to shelter in place <laughs> and i'm like oh this is cool you know like you, you get to go and see all these different profiles and stuff and then it's like oh you're not leaving your house for a while so. <laughs> i gotcha yeah, perfect so, timing apparently yeah yeah man just just my luck you know but um yeah it's been interesting because you know there's so much i think money to be made through these mm. platforms with these companies that they're you know like okay this could really be big for us because this is like going to be the uh, one of the primary avenues of like how people can meet and communicate. And so you saw them, you could tell like they had, you know, the engineers or whatever trying to think of different, you know, ways of getting people uh, linked up and stuff. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, like I wasn't really dating a lot mm. before before like uh covid anyway or like um yeah i'd never tried anything online before so mm. so this is it, it's kind of interesting you, right it's a I very mean, uh you know it's a very different um different type of experience and i think you know like like aziz ansari went and like co-authored a book called i think like modern love mm. i haven't read it but i heard like a podcast about it um shout out to bill simmons i guess oh, bill um, simmons, a legend yes uh but it's interesting, like how you you try to craft this like persona to try to get to like to try to garner interest, mm. you know, from potential like uh, partners and mates and stuff like that. And uh, and it's kind of interesting to see like how you like craft your profile, or all the ridiculous things that people do with like pics and stuff. And uh, it's kind of funny, just like some of the 
some of like the photoshopping that these people will do. <laughs> That's a it's... skill, man. That's a skill, dude. <laughs> but it's like it's it's like it, it's all about the bad Photoshop, you know, the one that is like not fooling. Oh, anybody. really? <laughs> yeah, it's like are you trying to look like some sort of like you know eighth century Japanese ghost? <laughs> It's just not really looking good, but yeah, it, it is interesting. Like I only, um, I only installed one app. Mm. Um, I only installed like the Coffee Meets Bagel app, and you know, I think that every app kind of has like its own, you know, purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you install Tinder, you're looking for something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I felt like it worked out, you know, not too bad, you know in terms of how it goes like well how do you like go on dates and stuff like have you, have you done a social distancing date at all because <laughs> um, i've had friends who are single yeah. they've actually gone on a social distancing date where they'll go out to park and they'll walk like they'll be six feet apart and taking a walk is that even a date bro uh, i mean i don't know dude I haven't yeah like that. that's kind of the way i looked at it it's like is that even really a date you know so like yeah. if you're yeah, if you like someone enough to like yeah. want to actually go meet them or if like you trust them you yeah. know yeah. enough you're gonna trust them enough to be like hey i'm willing to take that risk you know yeah yeah it's a kind of uh, everyone's different though everyone's risk yeah. management is totally different though <laughs> yeah it, it, it is so i think one of the nice things uh about it is that it forces you to really it depends on what you're looking for like mm. i was looking for like you know some sort of something kind of long term right yeah yeah and so i think for for the people that are looking for that sort of thing, it's good because then it forces you to focus on like those things that are not quite as tangible mm. and, and really start to, to, to open up a dialogue and get a conversation to kind of just see like how people tick. Uh, and that was like, I think something that was really nice is that it forces you to have to go do that uh, and get to know someone through like initially like some sort of like text chat or something and then like getting the the trust to like get their numbers so you can like facetime them or something like that and then building that kind of relationship or trust to be like hey like do you want to go meet up yeah and that's the coolest so, thing about what i've heard from covid dating it's it puts more emphasis on the communication versus like the other aspects of dating now like people yes. actually have more patience because they're home more and they have nothing as not as many distractions whereas before it's like you know if you're single yeah you're gonna try the online dating but then like you're like oh okay i'm gonna i have a bunch of other events to deal with right like for example whether it's work or like you know your friends exactly yeah now yeah, you're not distracted with those. yeah happy hour yeah <laughs> you can't yeah. ghost you don't you don't have that idea of like oh you know what like i'm gonna give up on this you know, because I have other shit in my life to deal with. I don't have time. And so that's, I think, one of the other things is that, like, because there's, there's this, like, progression of, like, both trust as well as, like, literally, like, physical risk with virus and stuff. Mm. It's like, you better really like this person if you're going to meet them up in mm. person. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, before, it's like, hey, you know, whatever. I get to go, like, get a drink or you get, like, a meal or something. Whatever. And it's fine. Like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Now it's like you really have to invest a lot mm. if you want to go meet someone. And I think that is one way that I think it's changed the game. Raise um, the stakes. Yeah, it's man. definitely really raised the stakes. Man. Yeah, man. Um, but also, and so in some ways, I'm wondering if it like makes people more picky. Where like you're always gonna, you know, it's really literally, it's like always more fish in the sea kind of thing. And so, is it the case that now are people going to be like, well, I really need to like find like someone good 
before I meet them in person. Like, I wonder how that's, how that's all going to play out. You know, me personally, it's like I, I ended up, you know, talking to someone for a while and it ended up working out to where I, I met them in person. The Pacific supermarket next to JC's house. Oh, damn. Yeah. JC, you could have peeped him on that date, dude. You totally, totally could have been like lurking Reconnaissance around, mission, you know? dude. Totally could have been lurking. coaching tips. Yeah, just put an earpiece in, Mark. You know, just... Hey, man, all I got to say is like uh, Banchan is a very good uh, negotiating tool. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. You know, that Korean fried chicken, it's for real. Again, it comes back to that fried chicken and fried chicken yeah, is life. Dude, I know if yeah. JC had a dating profile, dude, it would all be him and fried chicken. That'd be the real JC, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm going to present, present the real me, man. Living that gout, that gout life. You know? <laughs> um, it, yeah, go ahead. No, it's been really interesting to actually kind of hear that perspective where the stakes are, are, are higher. I'm sure, like, you know, it's yeah it puts i don't know it's just like is there more pressure if you're like a, a female or a male or i mean you know or like in terms of that dynamic like you know who who, t- who who's more picky like i i, I don't know man it's, this, this this whole dynamic is just really interesting to me yeah and i mean it is something that's kind of trippy because like before it's like if you if you like met someone that kind of like whatever got around before right yeah you only had to be concerned about your own your own personal health yeah right of you contracting something whereas like now it's like you just have to like breathe the same air and now like people you know or like your coworkers or your family are at risk so like i definitely feel like like it raises the stakes in many ways yeah i've been you know, so sure. curious to think also for the dating apps and dating these these dating yeah these dating apps and dating websites mm-hmm. like there must have been a big uptick just because since people can't socialize normally anymore, yeah. like, and you're single, you're, you're probably, I mean, you could have roommates and stuff like that, or you could live with family, but let's say you don't, right? You, you're, you're, you know, you're a young working professional and you've been living your, yeah. with your, by yourself. It must be get a little bit lonely because for the first couple of months we were not going out. I mean, we were taking, before it started getting to phase one, phase two or whatever, wherever you live, it's like, yeah. we're trying to stay at home as much as possible, man. Like you were not like, you know going to hang out with friends i mean that was frowned upon so like maybe like that aspect of like let me let me try to meet people online you know and try to build a relationship i mean there's more incentive right no and that's something i was talking about with you know with this girl that i ended up uh, meeting and like you know forming something with Mm. is she was like you know because we were talking like about like how you know internet dating in the first place like what it's like in that you always are being fed like new prospects and so like mm-hmm. i wonder if that makes people more picky thinking like what if the next one is like better right yeah. like it's it's literally like this like game theory you know mm-hmm. t- to use like economics terms mm-hmm. about like what kind like every single like day is like a gamble mm-hmm. where like you could you could get what's behind like the curtain or what's in the box mm-hmm. so to speak and like i wonder like how how that plays into things and how people like process risk and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yep. um, but yeah. the only way that you can get a payout is you actually go deeper into that. You know, hey, you miss all the shots you don't take. Exactly right. <laughs> to so to use the like, ball reference, you can, you can wait for all of these opportunities to meet new people yeah. or better prospects, so to speak. But like, you know what I mean? You can't really do anything about it until you actually eventually pick one and invest that time and 
you may be losing time by you know and it, and it is it is a huge investment of time and so that's where i feel like covid you know kind of forcing everyone to really just pump the brakes mm-hmm. it allowed me time to actually invest and like cast a wide net yeah. but also like really put a good effort into trying to get to to know people and just figuring out like okay what do i want what do i like and then also just like realizing what you don't like and the only way to do that is to you know basically talk to people realize like yeah you know maybe it's just it's just not happening you know if it wasn't for, for covid sides. would you have tried online dating um like i had i was doing like i had the app for a week before oh, okay oh you know, yeah before yeah. covid went mm-hmm. and locked us all down mm-hmm. but like i was actually i was actually talking to like um you know i was talking to this girl about that like, well, would we have gotten together if it wasn't for COVID? That's like literally what I talked. That's such a talked about interesting her, conversation, yeah. dude. <laughs> like, well, it's it's one of these things where I thought like it's it's like big it's like big risk, big reward. Yeah. Where like if things work out, it's like possibly like one of the biggest events oh, yeah. in our entire lifetime. Yeah. And that's like associated. That's the story of like how we got together. Like, mm-hmm. how I mean, how like cool is that from like a very like kind of twisted point of view of like covid was the way that we ended up meeting it's like it's like i kind of romanticize it with like meeting during like world war ii yeah <laughs> of like crazy crazy stuff is happening and like this is something like we got through it together you know so hopefully fingers crossed like you know mm-hmm. it, it does pan out like that but uh you know you got to be thinking that so many of the uh, the decisions you make and like your your choice making process is altered in this covid environment and like i who knows if it had worked out the same way i can say that i'm glad that it worked out the way that it did mm-hmm. uh, you know because i feel like i got something good going for me right now well i'm so happy for you man like i mean Thank obviously you. best wishes and uh as as things develop especially with your dating life and this new uh person in your life because at the end of the day it is actually when I really think about it, choosing your partner is probably, if not the the biggest decision in your life, it's definitely top five <laughs> because you are financially tied to that person. You are, you know, oh, le- for sure. legally tied in so many ways to that person and outside of the emotional aspect, which is huge in someone's life, right? Like they become essentially like in your just your your person that you throw ideas around. You talk about these life big life decisions or big life philosophies and how you go about life and yeah Yeah. it's it's crazy to think that how at the end of the day who you choose to be your partner is yeah top five easily if not top one (laughs) top five hey i don't know i don't want to take away other people make some pretty big decisions too i don't know if you're if you're like a scientist versus jolly bee is up there i guess popeyes man popeyes man hey man dude churches that doesn't that's an age-old debate dude (laughs) hey man you you just blasted me to say this on tuesday man it's two 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 for two tuesday at popeyes man oh yeah y'all don't know that you're right. I don't know, yeah. man. Churches, churches is still still up there. It's it's tough. It's tough. It's it's a it's a tough it's a tough argument. It's a tough argument. We don't have sponsors yet on the show, so we don't want to say badly about any brand of chicken yet. <laughs> to each, to each their own, I guess. Oh, Funny how it all goes back to friendship. <laughs> that is how it works out, you know. Anything else uh, you want to say, JC, before we uh, end this episode soon? Uh. No, I just wanted to thank Mark for sharing a lot of uh, 
these sort of insightful uh, commentary mm. in terms of uh, these perspectives. It's a perspective that I haven't been really privy to outside of Mark. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, you know our listeners can definitely gain something new from th- from that uh, that um, that viewpoint. So yeah, I also want to thank Mark for coming on and. This episode has been interesting because we've, we talked about COVID and, and education and dating. You know, we, we lightened up a little bit. But beyond that, Mark is actually a really knowledgeable sports fan. <laughs> I mean, like next time we bring you on, Mark, like we'll talk about sports. I mean, this dude is light years ahead in terms of his sports knowledge, especially barrier sports. So like we definitely need to bring you back on to talk about sports because that is kind of the crux of a lot of our episodes. Um, so we didn't do you justice in terms of that aspect. <laughs> oh, th- there'll be many, uh, many a story of a Donald Foyle. <laughs> That's if, what I'm saying, man. The, you know, if there, if there and go. when that happens, man. I mean, like, y'all don't realize what kind of uh, warrior fan JC really is. Uh, we, but we'll get into we, that. We can legit check Mark right now, just for for a teaser for a future uh, episode. Which uh, which college did a Donald Foyle go to? Colgate. There you go. There you go, dude. Man. Colgate's no, a toothpaste. Sand brand man it's 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 the alma mater of one of the the you know most beloved warriors in, in history man of all time but i just gotta say thanks for having me on uh, i really enjoy the podcast and it's just good to be out here uh being able to have this kind of banter we missed you man just just to just to put it out there you know we definitely missed you and Let's just, let's continue this conversation, man. Again, you've just earned your ball versus life badge, man. Like just the Donald Foyle reference and being <laughs> knowing what college he went to. That's you got your badge, bro. <laughs> that that I mean that's all encapsulated many many a night of just like with your hands pulling out your hair, being like, "Why did you pass it to the stone hands?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, don't get us started. All right. With that said, we'll end this episode. You know, if you want to follow us on IG, Ball versus Life official. If you want to shoot us an email, Ball versus Life at gmail.com and subscribe, rate, review. Thank you again, Mark. This again, this will be one of many in the future, um, and we'll go keep on educating the youth, yeah, my man. brother. Dude, you're important, you. bro. We appreciate what you do. Peace. Peace. Later.